Hey guys, Dan Walshman here. Welcome back to the Edgy Conversations Podcast. Yay! I'm excited you're here. Uh, Welcome to another brand new day of awesomeness. I hope you have your pocket calendar up and running. The calendar of awesomeness, if you don't don't have one, go to calendarofawesomeness.com and go grab it. I I gotta tell you, I get get such great response from people. People don't even know us. They're not even part of the empire yet who say like, that thing is cool. I agree with them. So go get it, go use it, fill it out. What are you grateful for? You know, it's hard to, to go about a day twisted and angry and miserable when you just sat down and wrote down three things you're grateful for. It's hard to wake up angry at what you've just read on CNN or Fox News or MSNBC about our president and our country or some other craziness. It's hard to get angry when you just wrote down, I'm grateful for another day and grateful for life and grateful for kids or grateful for a smile I'm grateful for the great sex I had last night. Whatever it is, it's hard to be upset when you're grateful. So go get that calendar of awesomeness. As you know, this month we've been talking about relationships, healthy relationships. I feel woefully inadequate to have this conversation with you. But as you know, personal relationships are hard for me, uh, really, really hard for me. And each month we've been digging into topics. January was purpose. February is commitment. March is about healthy relationships. Uh, I am not a poster boy for healthy relationships. I'm not. And I'm telling you that honestly and candidly, because I don't want you to look to me like I have the answers. I am a student and I am digging into it. Uh, One of the things I said, I was in Ogilvy. Ogilvy is one of the largest, what are they? PR companies, PR companies in the country. I mean, you know, billion dollar companies. I was doing an interview with them. I was helping them on a project with IBM to do some rebranding, did different things. It was, it was a few years back. I enjoyed myself, but I remember talking to the CEO and um, just a great conversation, the CEO of digital and we were, we were going back and forth about you know, our biggest successes. And he was telling me a few different things. And I, I looked at him and I said, I got to be honest with you. And he, he smiled and he, I think he knew a zinger was coming. And I said, I think just staying married has been the hardest success, uh, the biggest success I've ever done. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Biggest success, hardest thing. And he chuckled and said, yeah, I think I would have to agree with you. And you know what's interesting is uh, a lot of us, you know, we'll joke and laugh about, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm, I'm good at this relationship. Uh, I, I had friends, uh, you know, in high school and college who were kind of more playboys. They, you know, they knew all the moves, the right moves to get the girl in bed and all that stuff. And I was busy working or had a job uh, and not really super self-confident about myself, kind of geeky, nerdy, sort of make money, but 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 and keep my nose to the grindstone. I'm still pretty much that way. Even now, if you couldn't pick up on that. And so even as I wrote in my book in that first chapter, I got a lot of shit twisted. I did. And I've spent years trying to figure it out, not just in my marriage, but in also my relationships with others. See, once I wrote this book and the book became a huge bestseller, by the way, nothing becomes a bestseller overnight. It took four years to sell half a million copies. It's still selling, by the way. Still selling all over the world. But people would come up to me in all walks of life, most often when I was at a speaking event, and they would say, Dan, I love you, bro. I love your book. It's so amazing. Let me tell you what's going on. And because I'm somewhat introverted, I would just go, ah, oh, oh. 
And it was my wife who said to me, why don't you say to them, because I would say, I'm, I, I feel like I'm being rude. I don't know what to say to people. They've just un- shared this deep, dark secret with me saying how much they love me, how much the book has changed their life. And I'm looking at them like a deer in the headlights. She said to me, well, why don't you say back to them? It's enough about me. Tell me about you or something like that. You know, wow, it's great to meet you. Tell me about you. And what's, here's what's funny. That simple relationship hack is my go-to line. So obviously for all of you listening to this podcast, you're going to be like, oh, now I know Dan's line. But when I get people coming up to me, whether it's in my hometown, or whether I'm traveling and they say, Dan, we love this book or we love you, or you, I love that blog you wrote, or I listened to this podcast and it was amazing. And I feel like uh, I'm tongue-tied. I, I will say, thank you. Uh, enough about me. You know me already. Tell me about you. And it's interesting how that, that spark in someone's eye when they begin to tell them about you. I tell you that story just to say, like, you would think I would know already how to have healthy relationships, that I would know the hack of just saying to somebody, tell me about you. But for someone who agonizes over these things, who who works a lot of hours and who's somewhat introverted and has a high standard for himself, that's not obvious to me. It's obvious to probably all of you and we're shaking your head going, why am I even listening to this podcast if this guy can't figure out a simple line? But I suspect that having healthy relationships is something that's difficult, just as difficult for you as perhaps it is to me. It was a few years ago, perhaps when I was back in seminary, maybe a few years after seminary, that the Southern Baptist Church released an official position on divorce. Like previously, they hadn't really had any feedback or comments. You know, look in the Bible, whatever the Bible says, do that, go on, move on. But it became apparent that even religion, even a belief in God, even being a Christian, wasn't helping people with their healthy relationships automatically. In fact, in fact, and I said this in one of the earlier episodes, the rate of divorce was was slightly higher, 50, 45 to 50% for unbelievers or non-Christians, non-Baptists, and over 50, between 55 and 60% for believers, for Christians, for Baptists. And so the Southern Baptists are suddenly confronted with this at the convention, like what is going on? We're telling people to have these spiritual beliefs. And yet, and yet, it is not automatic that because you are religious, a believer, whatever, fill in the word you want there, it resonates with you. It's not automatic. You're going to have healthy relationships. It's not. And this... This paradigm of healthy personal relationships is one that impacts all of us, whether it's a family member that is extremely negative and just tears your soul out every day, or whether it's the person you go to bed with at night and you're trying to figure out how to make sure that, that you're, you're honest, that you're trustworthy, that you believe, and that even if you're having a bad day, you know that tomorrow's a fresh day and you'll figure it out then. So how do we build healthy personal relationships. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. There are no fairy tales like there are in a Disney movie. And perhaps the, the, you've been jaded by the whole Disney, you know, running to the airport, uh, catching them before they fly out on a plane. You can't even get to the gate now anymore because of Homeland Security, right? Uh, so that's all kind of pie in the sky. But m- more importantly than that, Uh, you know, the whole idea of it'll work itself out in the end isn't always true. It doesn't always work that way. So how do you build healthy relationships? I'm assuming all of you have had a number of 
unhealthy relationships. I'm going to make the assumption here if I'm so bold and and you know don't think me a jerk. You have one or two unhealthy relationships right now. Maybe it's just the person in your PTA or someone your uh, fellow parent in your kid's classroom who's a complete asshole, or maybe it's a teacher or somebody else at church, or school, community. Trust me, uh, all of us have these sort of people in our lives. So what do you do to build a healthy relationship? Well, number one, you, you got to face it that relationships take work. All of them. All of them do. Okay. Not just marriage, not just being you know, true to your partner, but all of them, they take work. So one way to build that relationship is this. Listen, listen. I don't do this well. I can admit that right up front. Listen to learn. Most of us, especially when we're mad, aren't listening to learn. We're listening to find that one thing that we can twist or refute or challenge. So if someone says, you lied to me about this and you always lied to me, worth we immediately retort, I don't always lie to you, failing to address that we just did lie and we got caught in it. And when we listen to learn instead of listen to refute, it changes the entire paradigm. By the way, this isn't always negative. It isn't always negative. Sometimes it's just someone telling you half of the story and they want to see if you're listening before they tell you the rest of the story. I do this all the time. I, it's hard for me to tell long, uh, drawn out stories and things that are deeply personal to me to people I don't think care. And I think my wife's this way too where she'll even say to me, are you even paying attention? And the way I have to show I'm not paying it, I am paying attention is to not look at my device, to look at her and to nod my head and be actively engaged. Listen to learn. Look, maintain eye contact, nod your head, repeat back to them what you think you heard. Calmly talk about the subject at hand. Listen, you're going to have your perspective and that perspective is, is not often going to change. Over the years, your brain gets really good at building this perspective. We talked months ago about stories and identity. You can go grab some of those episodes if you want to learn more about your perspective. You're going to have a perspective. But when you listen, you're able to hear someone else's perspective. And that's important. So one thing you might consider doing is just nodding and looking, listening, and not refuting the one thing that they got wrong in their anger but the overall context in a way that can help solve the problem at hand. Number two, speak softly and effectively. When something's bothering you, is your voice calm and patient or is it, hey, we got it, it's up and I got it and you always, right? That's, that's you can tell just by tone of voice. 90%, by the way, of all communication is nonverbal. It's sight and sound and smells, first impressions, tone of voice, hearing. I heard somewhere that there are over 9,000 different tonalities that our brain picks up on. Can you believe that? 9,000 different tonalities, which is why when my wife says, Dan, I know that's okay. When she says, Dan, I know that's bad. And all different tonalities in between. I know if she's in trouble, I can tell within a couple seconds whether she's angry, whether she's frustrated, whether she's frustrated, not at me, but at the kids or frustrated at someone else, not the kids and not me. You can tell all of that in a couple seconds just by tonality. And by the way, you're just as good or better than I am at all of this, right? Maybe not at my wife's tone, but at the people's, <laughs> the other people's tone around you that you engage with. And so, and so, and so, and so. So when we speak loudly or shouting right out of the gate, we immediately set a tone 
that's going to come back and, 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 and be negative. If you're not someone who can, who can speak softly and effectively uh, and do that regularly, then you might want to write down what you're going to say. And by the way, if you're looking for a great line to start a conversation, you might say something like this. I have some concerns I want to share with you. That's going to create a situation where you can have a conversation. It's going to, it's polite. And it opens the door for you to continue a conversation that hopefully gets you towards the success you want. You're going to have emotions. You're never not going to have emotions. But when you say things that destroy the relationship, it's very hard to undo those. In the moments long after you've forgotten what you said, you're fat, you're stupid, you're ugly. No one likes you anyways. In the moments after you've said that, you said it because you wanted the other person to hurt. Days, weeks, months later, they're waking up in the middle of the night thinking, I know I'm dumb. I know I'm fat. I know I'm ugly. I know no one loves me. You said it. You've forgotten it. You've caused damage that you can never undo. And that's important to realize. It's important to realize the power of your words. So speak softly and effectively. Number three, focus on quality over quantity. Look, we're all busy, very, very busy. And instead of just saying, uh, you know, come hang out with me in the kitchen and do your homework with your kids, let's say, uh, you might say, come hang out with me and help me make dinner. Not just be in the same room, but elevate what you are doing to that next level. Instead of saying, go to your room and do your homework, say, come down, hang out, do your homework. Let's talk while I'm making dinner and while you're, you know, while you're doing your homework. For me, I had the chance, the opportunity to take my kids to school last year. I don't this year, but previously. And on the way there, I would spend a few minutes. It was a short 12, 15 minute ride, just giving them a couple challenges, um, asking them how their week was going, their day was going, and be able to kind of just be dad for a couple of minutes while they're on the way to school. So what are those things for you? What are those quality moments where you can dig into something and make your relationships better in the time that you have, right? In the time that you have. We don't have unlimited time. It's the one thing in our lives that will run out eventually for all of us in a day, in a week, in a year, or in a lifetime, it's gone. And so how can you take moments and make them more quality, almost supercharge them, boost them up a little bit? How can you do that? That's the entire discussion of about quality over quantity. So a couple tidbits, uh, we're going to come back and hit part two of this episode right next, I guess, next day, tomorrow, tomorrow. So come back and grab part two of this, where we're going to dig into eight or nine other strategies for you to be able to begin to build healthy relationships besides having quality time, speaking softly and listening a little bit better. By the way, if this seems a little colloquial, if you're saying, I already know all this, <laughs> So did I, buddy. <laughs> so did I. It's not about what you know. It's about what you do. And that's the power of relationships. Okay. Come back tomorrow. Don't miss part two of this episode. It's going to be great. I promise you. Go get Calendar of Awesomeness. If you don't have it, it's going to be great. By the way, if you're brand new to this, if you're brand new to this podcast and uh, you don't have a copy of Edgy Conversations right now, the actual copy copy. Some of you bought an audiobook. I will send you a free copy of the book. Go to freeedgybook.com, 
book.com. I will send you a, a brand new copy, award-winning, nine awards it won, everything from design, it's four colors business book. Go there, put your address in, we'll send you a free copy of edgyconversations.com. Until the next time, guys, I love it. We did it, we crushed it. Healthy Relationships Part Two coming up tomorrow. 